Hi everyone, my name is Feng and I'm the youth pastor here at HTBV. In the recent years, we have seen many interesting collaborations happening between brands and parties. For instance, you have Gucci and Disney, Nike Air Jordan and Dior, Walmart and General Electric, or something closer to home, Barisan National and Pakatan Harapan. Well, the Malaysian state election was not too long ago. Why are corporations and parties coming together, partnering with one another? Well, I believe the main reason is to do great things together, or in Malaysia's case, to stay in power. For instance, those of you who remember the two brands, Sony and Ericsson, they came together and formed the brand Sony Ericsson. If you know this brand, it reveals your age just a little bit. They dominated the cell phone markets in the early 2000s. Their innovations were matchless. Well, I have with me today my 2007 Sony Ericsson. So cool, right? It's not even a flip phone. It's a twist phone. So when brands, they come together, they do great things together. Today, I'll be speaking about partnership with God. I'm going to continue from what Mao spoke last week on the Bible character, Elijah and his partnership with God. I believe this is one of the greatest partnerships of all time mentioned in the Bible, that it was still being spoken generations after. Well, to give you a little bit of a context, Elijah lived in an era where Israel has already split into the Northern Kingdom of Israel and the Southern Kingdom of Judah. This guy named Elijah, he appeared out of nowhere in the book, 1 Kings 17, confronting King Ahab. We learned from Miles last week that Ahab is a weak king who is married to a Phoenician woman, Jezebel, who worshipped the idol Baal and Asherah and killed God's prophet. Who then is this Elijah? Well, no one really knows. The Bible doesn't say much about the background of Elijah. The first time Elijah was mentioned was in 1 Kings 17 verse 1. And it was this, Now Elijah, the Tishbite from Tishbi in Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. Bam! That was Elijah's introduction to us readers. That's it. Yes, the Bible doesn't mention his ancestors, his family tree, his lineage, his parents, none of those. This informs us that God calls and partners not only those who have elite backgrounds, He calls and partners normal people like Elijah, like us. Often God equips the call rather than calls the equip. Stories in the Bible tells us that such as David, he went from pasture to palace. Peter, James, and John, they went from being fishermen to being fishes of men. You don't have to come from a legacy of revival or from a certain family and definitely not from a certain church to be God's partners. There are many learnings from Elijah's partnership with God. Firstly, in this partnership, God provides. We're going to read from 1 Kings 17. Now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbi in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives from whom, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, 
Leave here, turn eastward and hide in the Kerif Ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kerif Ravine, east of the Jordan and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening and he drank from the brook. From the start of Elijah's journey, God provided. God provided him with direction first and foremost. In verse 1, Elijah declared there will be no rain or dew and God directed Elijah to hide in the Kerif Ravine. God knew that King Ahab will hunt Elijah down for prophesying such things against his land. The funny thing is Baal is a God who is in charge of rain and, and, and the nation of Israel was worshipping this idol Baal at that time. But when God's prophet prophesied no rain over the land, the rain stopped. Funny, right? But following that, God provided food for Elijah after asking him to go to the Kerif Ravine. The raven fed Elijah with bread and meat and water to drink from the brook. Well, it seems a little unhygienic to me, but maybe at that time, bird flu wasn't really a thing. But wow, you see, from the beginning, when God called Elijah, he already had a plan of provision for Elijah. God met his needs even to the details of his lunch and dinner menu. In the following verses, when the brook dried up, God prepared a widow to provide food for Elijah. The widow was actually getting ready to eat her last meal because she had ran out of food. She was going to eat what's left and die. But in return, the widow was blessed with food supply when she provided for Elijah. The jar that she had with only a handful of flour left never ran out. And the jug of oil never ran dry. This was the case the whole time Elijah was with this widow and scholars believe that it was over two years. When God provides for us, His providence far exceeds what we usually need so that we can bless others as well. However, the widow's son then fell ill and died. But then we read in verse 22 to 23, the Lord heard Elijah's cry and the boy's life returned to him and he lived. Elijah picked up the child and carried him down from the room into the house. He gave him to his mother and said, look, your son is alive. Amazing. God, he even provided Elijah the opportunity to perform one of the greatest wonders to bring the dead back to life. Not only was the widow blessed to have her boy back, but Elijah was also blessed to partner God and play a part in it. And I believe this is what Elijah needed to experience as well, to prepare him for what's ahead of him. When we say yes to God, to partner God and trust in Him, know that He will never shortchange you. He will give you exactly what you need and even more. Many years ago, after I graduated from university, I had a calling in my life to go into full-time ministry. But at that time, when I asked people for advice, I heard many voices. Voices telling me that you have to prepare, that you're not going to have enough. In ministry, it's going to be tough. You're not even going to be able to provide for your, your, your spouse and your children in the future. But I was challenged by a pastor to take on this role 
in the full-time ministry. And I believe that God will provide for me. So I went into ministry. Seven years now, looking back, God has provided for me more than enough and even more. Not only what I needed, but sometimes even what I wanted, wanted as well. I remember often on Sunday mornings, I would find a white color envelope with Bible verses written on it. And in the envelopes were cash. God has never shortchanged me. In fact, He has provided more than I need in my years of ministry. So when we say yes to God, when we partner God, He will provide. In our partnership with God, He is the provider. Don't worry if you don't have much to offer. Secondly, when we partner God and put our trust in Him, God moves. After three years of declaring no rain in the land of Israel, Elijah once again made an appearance before King Ahab. And this is a story that we read last week when Mouse preached to us. In 1 Kings 18, Elijah called for a face-off, a competition with the prophets of Baal and Asherah. We heard from Mao last week about this story that Elijah was so bold that he challenged the prophets of Baal and Asherah on whose God can send fire from heaven to burn up the offerings that they have prepared. The prophets of Baal and Asherah took the challenge and before the offering, they shouted and danced and slashed themselves until their blood flowed from morning until evening. But nothing happened. And now it's Elijah's turn. We read in 1 Kings 1 verse 18 to, from 30 to 39. Then Elijah said to all the people, come here to me. They came to him and repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. Elijah took 12 stones, one for each of the tribes descended from Jacob to whom the word of the Lord had come saying, your name shall be Israel. With the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord and he dug a trench around it, large enough to hold two seers of seed. Two seers of seed is about 15 liters. He arranged the wood, cut the bull into pieces and laid it on the wood. Then he said to them, fill four large jars with water and pour it on the offering and on the wood. Do it again, he said, and they did it again. Do it a third time, he ordered, and they did it the third time. The water ran down from the altar and even filled the trench. At the time of the sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me. So these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones and the soil and also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, the Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Wow, what an amazing sight. Elijah asked them to pour an overflowing amount of water over the sacrifice three times. But God sent fire and licked up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the soil, and even the water in the trench or the drain. This is literally God singing Adele song. I set fire to the drain. Get it? The drain, the trench, 
never mind. <laughs> when we partner God, He moves. We can rely on God and trust Him to do what He wants us to accomplish through us. He's not going to embarrass us. He's not going to fail us. It was humanly impossible for Elijah to call heaven, to call fire down from heaven. He was after all, just a human, a man whom the Bible doesn't even disclose his background. But the God whom he serves is mighty and powerful and God moved. The Bible says in Psalms 46 verse 10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. This is our God. He is the one to be exalted. We only need to be still. In Exodus 14 verse 14, Moses says to the Israelites, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. When we partner God, He is the one who is fighting for us. He is the one who is going to move. We just need to say yes to Him. We can just relax, trust God. He will not fail us. But why would God want to partner us? Can't God move without us? Well, God wants to partner us so that He can do it together with us, not because He needs us, but because He wants to reveal Himself to us and through us. He wants us to experience His mind and His power and so that we know that He truly is God. He moved through us. You know, when I was six or seven years old, my dad would um, hold my hand as we walked. And whenever we come to this pedestrian crossing, my dad will say, now you lead me across the road. He will close his eyes. Maybe not all. He will tell me, now you lead me across the road. Well, I believe my dad is more than capable of crossing the road on his own. But why did he choose to ask me to lead him across the road. If he wants to, I think he can even carry me and cross the road together. But I believe my dad did that because he wanted to share with me the joy of crossing the road together. Similarly, God wants the same for us. St. Augustine says this, without God, we cannot. And without us, God will not. God wants to share with us the victory and the joy of doing something together, to draw us closer to Him while accomplishing something great together. Fire from above, before the false prophets, God partnered Elijah and both God and Elijah were victorious. God moves when we are willing to partner Him. Last but not least, God cares. In this partnership with Him, in fact, it is more than just a partnership. It is a relationship. Unlike any other conventional partnerships, God, obviously the larger shareholder, He does not press us down or use us. Instead, He cares for us because He calls us children of God. And in Romans 8, the Bible says that we are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. That implies our identity and, and significance to God. 
Elijah, after calling fire from heaven and proved that the Lord is God, he killed 450 prophets of Baal. Jezebel, she, she vowed to kill him. And Elijah, he was afraid and he started running for his life. He eventually ran into the wilderness, found himself a broom bush. He was so depressed and afraid, he prayed that he might die. And eventually he fell asleep. Then we read in 1 Kings 19 verse 5 to 9. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. In Elijah's most fearful and depressed time, God didn't lecture him, God didn't advise him. Instead, he sent his angels to care and tend to Elijah. The angel brought him bread baked over hot coals and water. Well, it sounds like a Malaysian breakfast roti bakar to me. And then Elijah went back to sleep. After that, the angel woke him up again to eat before his next journey. This is like breakfast in bed. God cared for Elijah. He showed his affection through his providence. You see, God cares for Elijah not because of what Elijah can do for God. In fact, the mission has been accomplished. But God genuinely cared for Elijah, his partner, because Elijah is his child. In partnership with God, God is not concerned about what we can bring to the table, but He's more interested in what we can get out of this partnership with Him. We are the ones to gain. God uses ministry to build His people. God never just uses people to build His ministry. God wants to build us up whenever He involves us in doing something, to build our faith, to strengthen our understanding of Him, to draw us closer to Him. In other words, God cares for us. When Elijah arrived in Horeb after 40 days and 40 nights, God clearly knows why Elijah was there. But God still asked him in chapter 19 verse 9, What are you doing here, Elijah? Sounds familiar? It sounds like when Adam and Eve had sinned and and ate from the forbidden tree, God asked them, where are you? God is all-knowing, so He clearly knows why and where. But God cares and wants to hear from us. So Elijah answered, God, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left and now they are trying to kill me too. Elijah was clearly exaggerating when he said he was the only one left because he found out from Obadiah that there were more prophets left. But God, he did not rebuke Elijah in his complaint. Instead, God passed by Elijah in a gentle whisper. He asked again, 
What are you doing here, Elijah? God cared about how Elijah thought and felt. God was patient. He asked a second time. In which Elijah, he replied the same thing. But God, he didn't get mad. He allowed, he allowed Elijah to speak. And after Elijah spoke, then only God gave him this instruction. Go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu son of Nimshi king over Israel and anoint Elijah son of Shaphat from Abel Mehola to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escaped the sword of Hazael and Elisha will put to death any who escaped the sword of Jehu. And God told Elijah this, yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel all whose knees have not bound to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. It is only after hearing what Elijah had to say, God told him what would happen. This is because he wanted Elijah to know that he was heard, that Elijah was heard because God cares. In this partnership with the Lord, you are in fact partnering with your Father in heaven. You are partnering the Almighty God who cares for you, who loves you, who gave His life for you so that you can have an eternal and abundant life. In my last three points, I mentioned God provides, God moves, and God cares. God, God, God. Why? Because it is truly by God's grace that we, we can be partners of God. In Romans 11, uh, when Paul referenced this story, he said this, Don't you know what Scripture says in the passage about Elijah? How he appealed to God against Israel. Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars. I am the only one left and they are trying to kill me. And what was God's answer to him? I have reserved for myself 7,000 who have not bowed the, bowed the knee to Baal. So too, at the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. And if by grace, then it cannot be based on works. If it were, grace would no longer be grace. It is truly by God's grace. And it is only because of God that Elijah and the prophets were chosen. Same for us. It is only by God's grace that we can be partners of God. Today, I believe that God is extending an invitation to all of us here to be partners of God. Will you partner Him to see Him do wonders through you, to bless others through you, and to speak life through you and to you? To share in the joy of walking and working alongside the Almighty God. I would like to pray for you today. But before that, I want to ask you, maybe today, you feel like you are not worthy enough to be partners of God. You feel like you don't have what it takes to partner God to do what He wants to do through you in your workplace, in your school, or even at home. I want to say to you today, God has called you. He will provide for you. He's going to move through you and He cares for you. 
sometimes we put labels on ourselves and we feel that we are not good enough. But only the maker can put a label on us. Just like the maker of a car, only the maker can put the brand and the model on the car. Similarly, God our Creator is the only one that can put a label on us. And that label sounds like this. You are love. You are good enough. You are worthy. You are partners of God. You are children of God. So today, if God has touched your heart and He has called you to partner Him, say yes. Let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Dear God, I just want to pray for everyone listening to this. Lord, we may feel that we are not worthy, we're not good enough. I pray that you come and fill us with your Holy Spirit so that we know our identity in you, that we are children of God and we can be partners of God. Lord, I pray that you move in our hearts today to take up the challenge, to do what only you can do in us and through us, in our schools, in our workplace, and wherever we go. So Lord, we pray that you will come partner us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.